You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome once again to the Packernet Podcast. I am your host and resident panelist, as always, Ryan Schlipp. Check us out online, packernet.com. Find me on Twitter, pack underscore daddy. So just a quick update once again. This is uh, relatively early on Thursday for me. So any breaking news that happened that we're not talking about today, that would be why. Can't imagine anything super crazy happens, but if it does, that's why. We're going to talk again about training camp because, I mean, it's only like a three-day thing, and uh, I want to talk about it, so that's what we're going to do. In the news today... Um, Get a little bit of tidbits of this, that, and the other thing that are somewhat interesting. Julio Jones is obviously with the Tennessee Titans. He's kind of some... It's so weird. They show these highlights of him like doing drills, and they're like, dude. It's like, what? (laughs) Look how he does it. Like It looks identical. I really believe if you just like blurred it out and just ran three, four, five clips of different guys doing it, they wouldn't be able to identify which one's Julio. But we got to pretend like, oh, I'm a master at evaluating that drill and he did it so good he's gonna be so good well i'm not i'm not doubting julio i just some of this stuff is so stupid like we just have to gush if he was still with the falcons nobody'd be gushing nobody'd be looking at training camp for the falcons and be like dude i've never seen anyone run that drill like that but julio's a titan now so we we have to gush i don't know it's i don't i don't get it kyle long is injured so the longtime chicago bear um, decided he was not going to play anymore. He's done with football. And um, turns out he basically just did what all the Patriots did, which is kind of retire, but just hope that some other team comes calling. And he was even asked about this, saying, uh, you know, hey, if, uh, if another team, would you ever consider coming back, essentially? And he said, not for the Bears. So obviously not a fan <laughs> of playing for the Chicago Bears. Anyways, the Chiefs came calling. He goes out there. He's all excited. He's going to play again, and he gets hurt. So I uh, don't exactly know at this time what the extent of the injuries are. At least I don't think so. Let me uh, hit refresh on the Google machine. But um, anyways, I mean, he's he's getting up there in age and um, has had several injuries over the past. And it looks like that's going to continue now. So, you know, I, I the Chiefs are still a good football team, but... Let's just say my prediction that they're going to start their long, slow decline in descent. Um, I'm not feeling dissuaded by that much at all. Oh, and there you go. Breaking news. <laughs> Said there wouldn't be any, and there is. Packers tight end Jay Sternberger suspended without pay the first two games of the 2021 regular season for violating the NFL policy and program on substance, substances of abuse. He is eligible to return to the Packers active roster on Tuesday, September 21st, following week two versus Detroit. Um, I've got a, a, a um, got a prediction for you. He's not going to play very much in week three. Look, I, I've, I've told you that I was a fan of Jace coming out of college, but I, I quickly cooled off on him. Um, and, and really, I don't know that... See, if it, was, if it was Jace, Jace, listen to me. If it was Josiah or, you know, somebody else, I might feel differently. And the, the reason I say that is if you listen to Coach Hahn talk about the tight ends... There's essentially three different types of tight ends. The problem for Jace, I believe, is that his role is the same role as Bobby Tunyon, meaning Jace is not all that important. I believe when they drafted him, they felt that they had a strong need for that style to replace Jimmy Graham. 
having no idea that Robert Tunyon was going to explode the way that he did. Now, the other roles are filled by Mercedes Lewis and uh, Josiah DeGuara. Now, Mercedes is going to have to be replaced potentially by uh, Mr. Daphne. So the point is, it's not that they don't like Jace. It's not that they couldn't find a role for Jace or hope that he can do whatever. I don't think there's a lot of, of urgency for him to become something. And if things don't pan out, they don't pan out. Now, I could be entirely wrong on, on their plans for Jace, but he's clearly not an inline blocker. Not that he's not putting in the work, but that's not what he's there to do. And we, I mean, it is what, I mean, I, I know what he is. I see the snap counts. I know what they're trying to get him to be. It's, it's that, that role, the role that Tunyon has. So the fact that he has really struggled to emerge and now, um, I mean, granted, I, as I said, year three is when Tunyon broke out. Maybe Jace was going to break out year three. The fact that he's now suspended, it's like, you know, we'll see. Maybe he comes back with a vengeance. But I, I just, I think in terms of how much effort and energy the Packers are going to want to put into Jay Sternberger, you know, I mean, that that's how you get time. Look at Jordan Love. He's getting all the time in the world because it's critically important that we have a quarterback. It's not critically important that we expend a lot of time and energy making sure that Robert Tunyon's backup is really, really good. That kind of makes sense? In other words, there's somewhat of a correlation between how much effort you put into building and training a guy and, and how good they become. There's only so much time to go around, especially with the CBA and all that stuff. There's only so much time that you got on the field. There's only so many people you can stand next to in training camp. There's only so much you can do in meetings. And I feel like guys like Jace and some of the other guys, it's really a matter of you got to just pick it up because you're not going to get a lot of one-on-one tutelage. You're going to go in the classroom. You're going to listen to the classroom discussions. You're going to go out on the field. And you're going to have to do what you're told. But you're not going to have a coach probably spend a lot of time coming up next to you and really coaching you up right? KB on Ento doesn't get as much attention as Jair Alexander does. And so again, if, if Robert Tunyon wasn't there, Jace would be a much more critical piece because that's a, a, a role on this offense. It's a piece. It's similar to Amari Rogers. We didn't really have an Amari Rogers like uh, Josiah. We didn't really have a Josiah. We've tried a couple different fullbacks to fill that role. We never really had a guy like Josiah. And that doesn't mean Josiah is good. It just means that somebody needs to fill that role and we don't have that guy. We got the guys. We got the whole team. We got the blocking wide receiver. We got the fast wide receiver. We got the X wide receiver. We got the slot wide receiver. We got the offensive line in all its splendor. We've got the three types of, of uh, tight ends. We've got the different types of running backs where you got your slasher, your gasher, and your smasher. Kind of made that up, but you know what I'm saying. We're kind of set. And if you want a, a role and a rotational thing, that's fine. And if Jace would have come out and done really, really great, maybe he would have got more time on the field. But at this point, it's not. The uh, point is, it's not good. I'm not saying he's a bubble guy because he's not going to necessarily get cut over this. But um, he's got to step it up because he um, he doesn't really have a team that's massively invested in him. Other than they, you know, obviously drafted him and they know what his potential is and they hope that he can do it. But you know, at this point. It is what it is, and, and best of luck to him, but it's just, it's frustrating. I mean, it, listen, it's, it's a little bit different because I don't know the circumstances of it. This happens to a lot of guys. There's really no excuse because the NFL is more than happy to work with you. If you're going to take something, say, hey, can I take this, and they'll tell you. So it could have been some kind of an accident. It doesn't necessarily mean he's shoving steroids in his eyeball, but, um, you know, obviously it's not as bad as some of the other stuff guys get suspended for, you know, violently beating people or whatever. But still, it's just, you know, it's just one of those things you look and roll your eyes and it's like, come on, man. What, you know, we're going in the wrong direction. 
And I, I have to assume that the feeling that I have is a feeling that a lot of fans have and, and is similar to the feeling the team has. You know, the, the, the amount of optimism peaks on draft day. And it's going to slowly decline as you don't show things. And after a year goes by, there's less optimism. As another year goes by, there's less optimism. As a guy fills that role and dominates it, now suddenly the, the feeling of who cares starts to emerge. And then as you get suspended, it's like, you know, you know, I wish you the best. He's a Green Bay Packer. I'm rooting for him. I hope that he dominates. If we can get Jace and Tunyon on the field at the same time to do some cool stuff, I'm not opposed to it. But at this point, it's just kind of a shrug your shoulders like, well, it was a, it was a nice experiment, but I'm kind of over it. Anyway, so there you go. You got your breaking news for the day. Um, again, I, I do have quite a bit going on today, and I got to get going. So I think it's, it's super early, and I've never done it this early, but I think we're going to take a break here, and then we'll just launch into what happened in training camp, and we'll probably call it. But anyways, as always, patreon.com forward slash pack underscore daddy. If you'd like to support the podcast, you can do so for as little as $1 per month, and I would really greatly appreciate that. Also, make sure you get in the Pack on a Podcast Facebook group, like the Pack on a Podcast Facebook page, and all that other stuff. I'm actually in the process. Today, one of the things I wanted to do, I'm, I'm shopping for a new desk because I'm starting to build out. I'm, I'll probably do a little, uh, little, little MTV Cribs thing. Wife has already told me I'm not allowed to show the whole house because she's worried that somebody will show up with an assault rifle and and just wipe out the whole family. That's not exactly what she said, but I don't I don't know. I just I'm filling in the blanks. She's worried about it, which I get it. Um, but you know, I'll show you an empty room, show you what it looks like. But I want to start building that out a little bit. But uh, I'm gonna have the uh, the eldest daughter, who's quite talented with her uh, photography, interior decorating type stuff. She's just got a more natural eye for it. I'm gonna have her come down and help me build that out a little bit because I want to soon as possible I put deadlines on myself that are probably unreasonable but the plan was July 1st we'll see how it goes I want to start getting out some more video content for Facebook and uh, possibly YouTube we'll see how it goes but uh, just make sure you're you're in all those avenues and we'll hang out and do some stuff but why don't we take a break and we'll come right back We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing, but they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right, a company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones. And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We get all hyped up thinking we're going to get some high-value Jordan Love card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now, introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view on all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now when I buy Slab Packs on Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. And honestly, the best thing for me and my son is the fact that we're kind of novices into this. When I walk into a card shop with my son and a card says it costs $40, kind of just taking his word for it that that's a good value. So I appreciate the transparency on grading, as well as just getting excited about seeing what you could potentially get. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash packdaddy. Wow, that's crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's 40 bucks right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase. So the Green Bay Packers apparently have um, 
decided that the best way to pick music is to just let everybody pick their own songs and plug it in so we get this mishmash of a playlist that everybody hates. I've, I've talked about this before, how I think compromise is stupid. Maybe sometimes compromise can work, but really it just means nobody gets what they want and everybody's mad. You know, I want a big dog. My wife wants a little dog. We get a medium dog. Well, it's too small for me. It's too big for my wife. Neither of us like this stupid dog now. That's not a real thing that happened. I'm just, I'm just explaining. It's like politics. We're going to meet in the middle and form this Frankenstein thing that everybody's mad at. The right so is mad because we're going too far left. The left's mad because we're going too far right. Nobody's happy with it. This is just this little Frankenstein thing where everybody just throws in their own, and nothing really works because, you know, systems work when they're entire systems. You know, it's like a, a car bike. Like, I want a bike and, and you want a car. So it's like, all right, well, what if we rip the roof off and the doors off of a car, take the engine out, put bike tires on it, four bike tires, and there you go. No, that's that's worse than both. Compr- compromise isn't like halfway in between so you both get half of what you want. It's building something that everybody hates. It's stupid. So here is apparently part of the playlist of uh, what Green Bay Packers players had to listen to while working out. I'm not saying it's bad. I, I think you can probably enjoy any of this, but just as a group, it's like, what is this? Nirvana, DMX, Cranberries, and Master P. Real quick, I want to give you a taste of what the Green Bay Packers practice sounded like. I'm so happy cause today found my friends in my head. Stop, drop, shut them down, open up shop. Many you see, it's not me, it's not my family. In your head, in your head, they are fighting. Don't make me echo fool, don't make me echo fool. There you have it. Compromise. <laughs> the dumbest invention ever. Don't compromise, okay? Pick. Hey, Jimmy, what do you want to listen to today? DMX. All right, we're listening to DMX today. Go out there and work out. Hey, Mark, what do you want to listen to? I want to listen to Cranberries. No. <laughs> it's that simple. See how easy that is? There's no compromise here. Decisions. Who said Cranberries? I'm, I don't I don't dislike the song. It's a good song. Trying to work out. Trying to play football. I'm trying. No. I don't know, man. Anyways, so that's, uh, that's some information you needed to know. If there's ever a moment I lost faith in this organization, it was, it was shortly after that tweet. Anyways, not at practice today. Aaron Rodgers, along with Blair, Holman, Jenkins, Rush, Nauta, Smith and Lowry. The Smith is Preston Smith. If you're not sure the first names of those guys, they probably aren't that important. Some sort of general news and notes um, on the full day of practice. Number one, it was sloppy. Lots of false starts, lots of offside penalties, uh, very disjointed, and there were multiple accounts of Matt LaFleur seeming very, very upset. Um, Furthermore, Despite that, if you had to pick a side that was on point, it was definitely the defense. They were fired up, they were jawing, they were flying all over the field, and that probably exacerbated the offense. You know, when you're when you're when things aren't working well, and then the uh, the defense just starts making massive. It just it snowballs, and I think it 
it was bad and it snowballed for the offense in general. I mean, just just mental lapses. And a lot of that's going to fall on the lap of Jordan Love, and he didn't have the greatest day ever, but that's that's going to be the main focus. Jordan Love looked bad again. No, he didn't. It wasn't great, but it wasn't as bad as two days ago, and beyond that, it was it was the group. You know what I mean? Sometimes, and this happens all the time with practice. Eventually, there's just that day, you know, you hear the coach say, oh, I love the energy, I love this, I love that, and then there's that one day, whether it's McCarthy or LaFleur or whoever, they'd come to the podium and say, today was not good enough. It was not this, it was not that, and if you want to talk about championship football, if you want to da-da-da, then you got to be better than that, and you got to come prepared, and you got to play... Look, it's day three of 93-degree heat. They're, they're tired, they're exhausted, they didn't play as well. It happens. Now, if it becomes a perpetual problem, that's a separate issue. But having a day where things are kind of sloppy and there's mental lapses, you know, it's not good and the coaches need to yell at people, but it, it happens. Looking specifically at the quarterback notes, again, I'm just going to read them. This is uh, in the order that they came through. Uh, I do want to stop and pause and say thank you to the people who are on site there to be able to give these insights. Um, All I'm really doing is grabbing and aggregating them and organizing them so that I can give them to you, but obviously we wouldn't have any content if not for them. Also, I went over to Lion's Twitter, and I'm pouring over stuff to try to find out the same information. There is no information like this. There's nobody that just sets up and they live tweet things as they're happening. I went back and I looked at the guys that were there and the, I saw where it said, like, okay, here's the guys that aren't practicing today. I'm like, okay, so that's usually where it starts. And then from there, there's a huge pile of tweets of this happened and great pass breaker. The next thing was, here are my takes from day one of, of practice. Like, dude, you said nothing? Like, you just sat and watched and took notes and then you wrote an article about it? So we are beyond spoiled with the culture here that is just super excited, which I guess I should have known that. This is the team that sells out the stadium for a practice. So, I mean, that just comes with the territory, I guess. But we are spoiled, and we all owe them a uh, a uh, debt of gratitude, I guess, for, for doing what they do. Anyways, here we go. Love gets another player to jump off sides in team, something he was great at in college. Pass falls incomplete to, to Lazard, but Love gave him a chance. LaFleur not happy with the undisciplined football on both sides. So that's the first time you kind of see that. It worked, right? It was right there. It should have happened. Didn't happen. Love looks more comfortable navigating the pocket today, rolling out, stepping up, great to see. Ball on the ground on a missed exchange toss between Love and Dexter Williams. That's the kind of stuff that's really going to upset a coach because that's basic. You know what I mean? A, a general toss. Don't know if that was a Love issue or a Dexter issue, maybe a mix of both. I don't know. But again, it just goes to the, the fact of it's not just that things aren't right. It's simple stuff. Love with a nice touchdown throw in the back of the end zone to Winfrey in red zone drills. If Tuesday was bad from Jordan Love, so this is kind of toward the conclusion of it, if Tuesday was bad from Jordan Love and yesterday was great, today was in the middle. This has been your Jordan Love update of the day. Enjoy, uh, whatever. I think that was Schneidman that said that. Uh, Love looked more comfortable in the pocket. I don't know if that was a comment stating that he just looks more comfortable while he's in the pocket or he looks more uncomfortable when he's outside of the pocket. I don't really know, but whatever. And then the final note, Jordan Love was 8 of 16 passing with one interception in red zone heavy practice. I don't know why I don't have that. I think I put that note for um, in the cornerback section, so I gave him the credit for that note. So we'll get to that in a minute. 8 of 16 passing with one interception in red zone heavy practice, 10-yard touchdown on a crosser to Winfrey, and 12-yarder on a fade to Tunyon. So again, more of a, a middle of the road. 8 of 16 obviously isn't great, but if it is red zone heavy, those are obviously a lot harder to complete than just, you know, even two-minute drill. Offensive line notes. The starting offensive line for today was Turner, 
John Runyon, so from left to right, left tackle Turner, left guard John Runyon, center again is Myers. So, I mean, it's been pretty consistent with John Runyon at left guard, even though I think that switched early. Um, Myers has been locked in as the starting center, which isn't surprising, but it's still good to see because, again, didn't have to be that way. Uh, Lucas Patrick at right guard, and then Newman was starting at right tackle. Later note says Royce Newman now with the ones at left guard. So in three minicamp practices, we've seen him with the ones at left guard, right guard, and right tackle. Not bad for fourth round rookie. That was the tweet. I'm I'm starting to get to the point where I feel like they're they're trying to figure out where to play Royce. But if he doesn't start for this team, I'll almost be borderline surprised because he is everywhere. Um, other note on the offensive line: Ben Braden also getting time at right tackle. So I mean they're really really trying to get a little bit of everything. It's it's exciting because. I don't see this as there's just a lot of bad options. I think they see it as there's a really good pile of guys and they want to make sure that they get the combination right. Not just who starts and, and who's a backup, but also who starts and where. And, and that could also dictate who the backups are, right? Because if, let's say, we like Newman a lot at right tackle and he's a really good right tackle, well, what do we do with Billy Turner when, when um, Bakhtiari's back. Billy Turner becomes a right guard. What does that do for Lucas Patrick? It's not like we're benching Lucas Patrick because he's bad. It's just that because of the way that it's arranged, you're the second best right guard. If, let's say, uh, Newman plays left guard, then Billy Turner's the right tackle and Lucas Patrick is probably the right guard. So there's so many different combinations. They just, they got to work through it all. Only note on the running backs today, um, Aaron Jones, the first play uh, that they ran in practice was a fumble by Aaron Jones. So again, it's 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 not a reason to panic. It's just indicative of, it's weird how that happens too. I mean, it, obviously we've seen it in the NFC Championship game back-to-back years, but it's weird how this sort of malaise can take over an entire team. And it's not new and it's not just the Green Bay Packers, but it does happen where it's it's like the team just isn't in sync, and I don't know how something... You could see how a guy would show up and have a bad day. How does an entire team show up and have a bad day at the same time? It's just weird to me. At wide receiver, we got even more good news about Amari Rogers. There's been a couple good notes here and there. Um, it's really starting to look... I mean, we, we don't get any notes about Myers because he hasn't done much, so it's hard to say. And obviously, things about the news about Eric Stokes has been fantastic so far. But I got to be honest, I think Amari Rogers might be... If I had to pick a guy... And I've said this before, if I had to pick a guy that I think is going to have a, the biggest immediate impact, it's going to be Amari Rodgers, but I, I'm not dissuaded um, as, of, as a result of what we've seen so far. So the first note here, Amari Rodgers just had an absolutely sick one-handed catch in the back of the end zone against air, but it got a reaction of his teammates. Nice play from the rookie. And then the next note, fun pitch play to Amari Rodgers, who started the play in the slot, beat Chris Barnes around the edge. So first of all, like I said yesterday, they're drilling that jet sweep right? Those motion type things. That's primarily going to be his job. They want that to be a big focus. So he's already got a job as a slot receiver. They want to incorporate more of that jet motion stuff. They just haven't had a guy and Amari's clearly the guy. They're practicing and drilling it because they want it to be a big thing. He's going to be the guy that's the main beneficiary of that. And it sounds like he's already pretty good at it. Not only can it beat guy to the guys to the edges, but he's shifty and he can also run through you. I'm just excited to see what uh, what he can do once once things take off. Next note, Winfrey can continues to make plays. That, I think, was back in reference to the touchdown, but still wanted to add that note. And then Devontae Adams did not do any teamwork this week. Light minicamp for wide receiver one who implied 
this week that he's not injured and said he'll report to training camp in late July, even if he doesn't have an extension by then. So that's obviously great news. He's saying, I have no intention of holding out. I trust the process that uh, we'll get this figured out. Um, Now, that doesn't mean he won't hold out in the regular season. And the only reason I even bring that up isn't because I'm trying to stir up drama. Just like I said, there's inherent risk in playing football. If you have a career-ending injury, you're in a lot of trouble. The same guy, me, that's been saying I'm not happy with Aaron Rodgers and what he's doing, if I was Devontae's agent, I would maybe even advise a holdout. Because, look, I'm not trying to be disrespectful. and We want to play, but we got to get this ironed out because I can't risk my client and my commission, by the way, losing out on his probably his, if it's not his last, it's definitely going to be his last massive contract. You know, if this is a four-year contract, I doubt in four years he's going to be getting paid as though he's the number one wide receiver. He may get paid again to play somewhere else on a one-year extension from the Packers or maybe do like Jordy and go play for another team for a year or Randall and bounce around for a little bit. I don't know, but this is his last chance to just get absolutely massively paid, and we just want to make sure we get that, and then we're good. We're smooth sailing. So we'll see how it goes. Um, again, I, I generally trust the Packers to get these things done. They do a really good job with with paying guys properly. But as I said, the concern is the contracts, the um, the salary cap issues are uniquely bad for the Packers right now. But I'm sure they'll they'll figure something out. Uh, note for the tight end: We got love to Tunyon in red zone. As should come to no surprise after last season, the play design had Tunyon wide open in the end zone. So, um, you know, I, I I kind of was skeptical of Tunyon last year, especially with that many touchdowns. It's just one of those numbers that you don't expect the guy to repeat necessarily. It's like Aaron Jones when he got a bunch of touchdowns and then he didn't the next year. There are certain stats that just you don't generally repeat, like picks, you know, interceptions, sacks, whatever. You know, Kyler Fackrell got a bunch. Like, oh, that's cool. But I don't necessarily see an entirely massive regression. In fact, what I would project to happen, and, and again, this is coming from the guy that was not the biggest Tunyon fan and told you guys that I think you're overhyping him a bit. My expectation is the touchdown numbers come down, but I think his production actually goes up. Even, even not even necessarily stating anything in terms of direct statistics, just in terms of him, as opposed to being sort of a guy that flashes once in a while, like you see him in this game and then you don't see him for six weeks and then he t- comes over and has like a touchdown. I mean, like Matt LaFleur is deliberately making him a big part of this team. I mean, they've talked extensively about the work that he's put in. He's obviously working with Kittle and those guys out there, so he's getting some great tutelage. Matt LaFleur really likes him. I think the mental part of his game has gone through the roof. It's one of the things that Coach Hahn mentioned is that uh, Coach Outen of the Green Bay Packers, their tight end coach, had mentioned that Matt LaFleur believes that the second most heady or intellectual position is the tight end position, probably largely because of the scheme that Matt LaFleur runs, not just as a general principle, um, because of the all the different things that they're being asked to do and understand. I mean, you have to be an offensive lineman slash fullback slash tight end. And so you have to understand, you know, the run game, the offensive line calls, the wide receiver routes, um, the, the, you know, when, when the quarterback makes changes to, to each of these specific, you got to understand all that stuff. And so if you're a guy like Tunyon and you really on top of just having the physical attributes, he's, he's blazing fast. Um, but if, you know, he's, he's got great hands. He doesn't drop any passes. He's really fast. And just, he really worked on the intellectual part of it. I could just see him really, his role expanding, but also just playing really, really good football. And I'm excited about it. Again, I don't expect him to get that many touchdowns. I think that was a one and done thing, but I do think he's kind of cemented himself as, um, as being the guy in that role. 
that sort of uh, slot tight end guy. You know, you spend 50% of the time in the slot, 25% in line, whatever, and, you know, a little bit out wide, et cetera, et cetera. Linebacker note for the day, Barnes and Kamal uh, with the ones at inside linebacker. So Chris Barnes has been there consistently. seems like Kamal, when they're doing two linebackers, is going to be the guy next to him, which makes sense because, again, even though Kamal did grade out very well as a coverage guy, the best linebacker in coverage for the Packers, according to PFF, um, I think he's generally seen as more just the, the, the thumper type, right? So third and short, you're going to have Barnes and Kamal and the big boys up front, and that's going to be your your situation, possibly even first and 10, you know, because it's a fairly common running situation. But in other words, Kamal's sort of the number two, I guess. Cornerback notes, Josh Jackson got uh, some looks with the starting cornerbacks with Sullivan in the slot, so they're giving Josh an opportunity to show his worth. Obviously, he's got a massive hill to climb. Don't have any expectation of him becoming a starter, but they're giving him the respect of putting him with the starters, which is a great sign for a guy that's just trying to to prove himself as being worthy of even being on the roster necessarily. Um, Eric Stokes had a pick of Jordan Love along the sideline intended for MVS. The play looked completely disjointed from the snap. So I'm going to run through a couple different tweets because, again, they give different perspectives of what happened. Uh, Love immediate pressure by Lancaster throws an interception to Stokes. So that was the situation in terms of the pressure, right? Tyler Lancaster basically comes off unblocked, runs right at the quarterback, and that's what essentially caused the panic in the interception. Um, next tweet says, would have been a Tyler Lancaster sack, so technically the sack should, or the pick should have never happened, but that doesn't necessarily make it better. It's just two failures on the offense. Uh, Jordan Love throws his first pick of camp, first-round pick. Eric Stokes showed his speed to jump out, jump at out route by MVS and took it to the end zone. So that's kind of cool, too. It did sound like it was a miscommunication, like he wasn't exactly where he was supposed to be, but you still had Stokes, you know, dropping, reading, jumping the route, and then returning it. So it's still a great job by Eric Stokes, even though it wasn't necessarily a contested 50-50 ball. He still had to be in the right place, read the eyes of the quarterback, and jump the what was supposed to at least be a route. Uh, moving on, Shamar Gene Charles with a pass breakup on MVS. Huge reaction from the defense. Was a nice throw by Love and what looked to be a catchable ball. So very excited to see him get in the mix. I mean, the 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 rookies are just popping off. And although it's just one thing, have you heard a single thing about King so far? Have you heard a th- single thing about Chandon Sullivan so far? So it's it's not nothing when the rookies are are especially st- uh, stoked because it's been we haven't heard a day go by without his name coming up, whether it's a pick, a pass breakup, or just the fact that he looks really good out there and he's sticking on everybody like glue. I have not heard about a single reception coming over his head. It's possible that it happened and I just missed it, but I haven't heard anything about it. And that's good news. Again, it's just it's just training camp. And to be fair, Josh Jackson looked good in his first training camp also. Also looked good in the preseason, but um, it's certainly not bad news. Uh, next tweet says, nice pass breakup by Stanford Samuels in red zone. May have had a chance at a pick, but nice play either way. Uh, next one says Stokes looked great, including an interception. So I added that only because the interception we know about, but on a play to play basis, guys are watching saying he just looked real good today. And then there was another note saying Shamar Gene Charles is the pass breakup King. The only reason I mentioned that is because that's the only pass breakup I'm aware of, but apparently it's been a thing. So, you know, I've already been excited about him, which is rare late round cornerbacks. I generally could not care any less about or DBs. I don't know what it is about Shamar Jean Charles, just something about watching him play. It just, just kind of got me excited, so I'm, I'm definitely a fan. Anyways, the only final note that I have here is a special teams note that says, Kabion Ento and Malik Taylor working as primary gunners on special teams. May not sound sexy, but if you're Kabion Ento or Malik Taylor, it's a big deal. Want to make the roster? Prove your worth on special teams.
So obviously that is a great way if you want to be a backup because um, a lot of times that's kind of 50-50. If you can be on special teams, it's a great way to uh, to make your way on as opposed to somebody else that might be a slightly better corner or wide receiver, but uh, your worth on special teams kind of puts you over the top. Anyways, I got to get going. You folks have yourselves a wonderful Friday. I will hopefully talk to you tomorrow. I haven't figured out the details of that, but uh, talk to you later. Have a good one. Bye-bye.